With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. What's up, this your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. Yes, living the dream once again here on a fabulous Saturday. It is Harbin and Schwartz from the Fox Sports Radio studios. And we got college football. We got college football going on right now. Week zero of the college football season. And Jeff... I should uh, tell our listeners out there that we are expanding our show starting next week for an extra hour because, well, we got a lot of college football to cover. And, you know, Jeff, you played your college ball at Oregon. You played in the National Football League. Your your family has a long history in football. And as much as I love the NFL, to me, there's just something extra special about college football. It just... It's it's my number one. I've said it for years. It always will be my number one. It's the history. It's the regional aspect of it. Um, it's the different colors, the fans. There's a different level of enthusiasm when you play the college game as opposed to playing the professional game. There is nothing I don't like about college football, Jeff. Well, it's definitely fantastic. Um, and as you mentioned, there's really something for everyone, right? I, I mean, there are... 
there's a team in, in like every major city, right? There's a team in obviously college towns. There's a team near your town if you live in a small town. Um, there's conference uh, allegiance. There's uh, rivalries. You know, there's actual rivalries. Right? Sports, has, we've seen those go, become less and less over the years. Um, and there's just a lot of variety. And so there's a lot of things that are fun to watch. The game is obviously much different than the NFL. It's more it's more open, more scoring, more mistakes. But, you know, there's more action. And I, I'd say – I'm not saying it's – I like the NFL because the action's just better in the NFL. It's better players playing games. Um, but there's always something happening. We got we had a a fumble by a Nebraska quarterback. Illinois runs in for a touchdown. Um, and we got Fresno and UConn. And I I didn't think UConn still had a football program. Obviously they do. We got some big football coming up with UCLA and Hawaii. I mean, there's just there's so much variety, and so there's there's plenty to watch and choose from. And uh, as Fresno State scores to go up fourteen uh, nothing, that's Oregon's opponent next weekend. And I'm just excited like you are for college football. Yeah, uh, my Bruins and sort of semi your Bruins of UCLA. It's interesting because this is year four for Chip Kelly. This game will be kicking off here uh, before the uh, top of the hour. So we got uh, bottom of the hour. So we'll have uh, highlights of that game as well. But, I mean, this is make or break. I mean, when UCLA stole Chip Kelly. I mean, everyone thought Chip Kelly was signed, sealed, and delivered to the University of Florida. That was all the hype after he got fired by the 49ers after his one and done there. Uh, and he ended up at UCLA. And I think at the time, a lot of Bruin fans, including yours truly, were thinking, wow, remember what this guy did at Oregon? I mean, are you kidding me? This is the biggest coup for UCLA football of all time. What they did not understand is that Jim Mora had left the cupboard bare uh, when Chip Kelly came in. And then Chip Kelly has a way of doing things that may have expired as far as their level of success. Remember when he first got to the NFL with the Eagles, he had a couple of really good years there. One year, Nick yeah. Foles looked like he was going to be the greatest quarterback of yeah, all time. It and went six, south quickly, two, though. Yeah, ten, ten and six, two straight years, yeah. Yeah, and so, I, you know, it's this is a make or break. Year four for him, the reason he's probably still there is the sizable contract buyout that he has. So if UCLA doesn't win eight or nine games this year and show some significant upgrade, and by the way, you got a fourth-year starting quarterback, you got eight seniors on defense, 20 returning starters. I mean, you, you essentially have everybody back from a year ago. Uh, this this should be an interesting year. You know, you talk about this Nebraska-Illinois game here. Uh, Adrian Martinez, he seems like he's been at the quarterback at Nebraska for like 10 years. Am I, I am not kidding you? It's like every year he's the starting quarterback. And not exactly a good first half. He just fumbled the ball away, returned by Illinois for a touchdown. But, yeah, I mean, there, there's certain programs out there. You look at yeah. Nebraska with Scott Frost. You look at UCLA with Chip Kelly. And they've been dormant for a long time. And so there's there's a number of programs out there, Jeff, that really have to show something in 2021. There are. Um, I, I, I'm counting right now UCLA, I think, has 16 seniors starting, yeah. uh, at least according to their two deep uh, in this game against Hawaii in, in, ju- in just a few minutes. And they have a lot to prove, right? Two years ago, 2019, youngest team in the country. That's how you end up right. with an older roster when everyone comes back. We know that returning starters is a huge talking point as we head into a college football season. And, and off, it makes sense, right? If you have guys that are more experienced, you tend to start faster. But because of the rules last year where everyone can come back for free, essentially, right, not cost against their, their clock, everyone has a ton of returning starters because a lot of kids, about half, half the normal number uh, went in the draft, right? So we have a lot of players coming back. So what, what UCLA for them and for Chip on the quote-unquote hot seat is that 
they is that this is a senior laden group. So the returning starters are older players. This is all or nothing this year. If Chip cannot do it this year, and they have they have Hawaii, who they should win. They're seventeen and a half point favorites. But they have a loaded schedule. LSU, I mean, LSU is and loaded this year. And they get Washington, Oregon in the crossover games from yeah. north, which are the two, and it's the two toughest to play for the crossover. So he's got to get it done across the street. Clay Helton got to get it done. Scott Frost in Nebraska, especially with you know a pending investigation, got to get it done. And you know early in the season, we're going to see some of the coaches on the hot seat have to show they can be those guys. So um, I'm. Uh, I'm obviously excited to watch today in just about uh, about 20 minutes. It's supposed to be 100 degrees at the Rose Bowl, which is a rarity. <laughs> and um, I'm I'm just ready for football to be back. I told my wife this morning, Steve. Uh, you I know, you, this morning. <laughs> what I woke, I woke up this morning. Yeah, about 7:04. Right. I turned over. I said, I said, Hey, hon, look. UCLA is playing at 3.30 today. And mm-hmm. obviously, it's during the radio show. So I, I didn't tell her that I was going to on the show during this time. I said, Look, hon. You said it's playing at 3.30 today. Can we put the game on? You can pretend you like football so we the kids will watch it with me. <laughs> like, I need I need some support from my family when it comes to football. And it's back. Like, I, I've watched some preseason a little bit here and there. Obviously, it, it's part of my duties as well. And watched the Chiefs a bunch, and they've been really good. But now it's time for – these games count right now. Yeah, they, 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 that's the great thing about college football and high school football, obviously. We don't have those preseason games. Uh, we're going to get into the NFL preseason, by the way, which ends this weekend. You're like, so we got NFL next week? We don't. There's a bye week for the NFL. <laughs> I'm not quite sure how this works out, but we're going to get into that a little bit later on. Uh, by the way, you're talking about how hot it's going to be at the Rose Bowl today, Jeff. So in 1995, dating myself as usual, uh, what was uh, turned out to be uh, the late, great Ty- Terry Donahue's final season at UCLA. Uh, I was the sideline reporter, first ever for the UCLA broadcast as far as sidelines. And yes. I remember driving to the Rose Bowl that day, and it was going to be hot. I knew that. And as I got out of my car, the temperature, the exterior temperature gauge in my car said 108. And I, I'm thinking to myself, well, it can't possibly be that hot. And then I opened the door. This tidal wave of hot air just blew into my car like holy mackerel. So I I have like khaki slacks on and a, and a short sleeve like golf shirt on yeah. the sidelines, which would be normal. So I'm watching the coaches are running onto the field. Coach Donahue and the rest of the coaches they're in shorts. Have That's you really ever funny. seen no. the entire coaching staff no. in shorts? I've never seen it no. before. They were in shorts. It was that hot. I was knocking players over for the Gatorade during the game. It was, was so. That. It was, was like 120 on the on the, and they blew out the the U that day. Uh, that was the debut of Butch Davis as the coach of the University of Miami, trying to pick up the pieces after uh, they fell apart for a couple of years there. But yeah, I know the heat. At the Rose Bowl, I, I was—I mean, I was at that game. I'd imagine I went to every home game as a kid. Right. I was probably sweating in Tunnel Seventeen, oh. but we were—we were on the shade side, so we mm. uh, we got a little bit of a little bit of break. Um, one thing today, by the way, to, to watch out for. Yeah, and this is some—it's a very specific gripe for UCLA guys. So when you're watching the game today, for years, as long as I can remember. UCLA was their sideline was across from the press box and it was in the sun. Okay. Right. But when you're, but on television, all you would see the Bruin bench and you'd see the Bruin fans and the band and the student section, which was kind of behind, up on, on the band and kind of to the left. A couple of years ago, they decided to move the Bruins back into the shade, which so made them, sense. Yes. So they put them on the shade side. But the problem is 
when you watch a telecast now, for example, we'll go next weekend, LSU. So LSU will be in the sun, but all you're going to see is yellow and purple in the stands because their their bench is is the one the camera looks at every single play. So it doesn't look like a UCLA home game. It looks like a, a road game for them while they're at home. And it's atrocious. And I asked, actually asked someone about this at UCLA. They said they're moving things around to make it look not so bad this year. Because it, it's a terrible look. It's so bad. I remember AM, that Josh Rosen game. Right? Yes. You, you, you turn the TV and all you see is brown in the stands because the camera's pointed on the visitor section. It's the silliest thing of all time. UCLA, come on. Well, first of all, what you need to correct that situation is have a good enough football team where you don't have as many fans as the other school filling up all the seats. But they're also so, not in, they're not in school for three more weeks. Yeah. So they're not going to be. They, they, By the way, when I was an entering freshman at UCLA, uh, you, like you said, I got, you know, normally in those days, all you had to do was show your student ID, obviously, to get in for free. This was way back in the Coliseum days for UCLA. But when I got there, school wasn't in session for several weeks. Yeah. So I got two tickets. It was like a little stub that gave me access to the first two home games before the school year even began, which was sort of bizarre to me. I'm like, I'm already going to games here, and I'm not actually at the school yet. Um, so, And by the way, you know, if you work at UCLA, you might know this as well, Jeff. Because they're on a quarter system, you could have a guy that, you know, never even attends class who's already played a quarter of the season, and if he doesn't fare well academically after that year, eh, throw him to a JC for a year, get his eligibility back, and he'll be right back for the start of the school year. Yeah, Oregon's, The next Oregon's, football season. Oregon's a quarter system, too. We had four games before we had class every year. Yeah. How weird was that? I mean, it's basically like the like you're in an NFL schedule. You're just, all you do all day is football, right? Oh, that was and cool. and there was always a thought that Mike Bellotti's teams tended to start fast. Mm-hmm. Um, like like for example, Oregon's lost just two non conference home games in like 30 years. I mean, we just don't lose at home in non conference home games. Boise one year, and what am I weirdly enough, my freshman year we lost to Indiana out of all teams. Um, and it's because we just do football for a month, no class. Mm. It's like being in the pros. That is nice. Ah, it's the best. All right. On the other side, I want to get into uh, the continuing evolution here, Jeff, of college football. ACC, uh, Big Ten, Pac-12, declaring war on the SEC. Are they going to get things together here? Are we going to see an expansion? What is the next major move we're going to see in the ever-evolving evolution of FBS football? We're going to take a look inside coming up next. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. 
from BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast, is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. (sighs) Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is... And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Steve Harbin and Jeff Schwartz here on Fox Sports Radio. Kicking off the second half now in that Nebraska-Illinois game, a Fumble return for Illinois right before the half has given them a 16-9 lead. And, yeah, one Scott Frost is really feeling the heat at Nebraska as they try to somehow go back to their glorious days, which ended, by the way, 20 years ago. And I was at that game. That was the BCS championship game when the Heisman Trophy winner Eric Crouch and the Cornhuskers got blown out by arguably the most talented team ever. In college football, would you not say the 2001 Miami team? I mean, when you consider one of them, they had uh, Clinton Portis, Frank Gore, and Willis McGahee at running back. They had Kellen Winslow Jr. backing up, uh, what was his name? Uh, uh, Jeremy Shockey at at tight end. Ed Reed was on that team. Uh, Vilma was on that team. It was just an unbelievable team. I mean, it was just overloaded with talent uh, back in those days. I think they had 12 players make first, second, or third team AP All-American. But that was it for Nebraska. That was it. I mean, that they, since then, they have won zero conference titles. They've had zero top 10 AP finishes in the last 20 years. Are, are they ever going to get it back? So it feels like they are in a category that Michigan is in. The Texas is in, that uh, USC to an extent is in. Tennessee. Tennessee, Michigan. Mm-hmm. Um, teams that that recruit and live by past wins and losses. Mm-hmm. And I, if you are in, in this day and age, if you're trying to recruit players, they are 18, 19 years old, 17, 18, 19 years old. Okay. They do not know when Nebraska was good at football. No. They do not want to hear about when Nebraska was good at football. They want to hear why they're going to be good at football now and why you can get them to the NFL. 
and what NIL deals you have for them and how much winning you can do. Look, I know this firsthand because I see how Oregon recruits, okay? Little old Oregon. You, Steve, have you been to Eugene before? I have been. Three okay. times I went it, to it, up it's there, not yes. a, It's not like a recruiting hotbed, I love hotbed, Eugene, okay? though. Eugene's it's such great. a great but, college town. But you have to go actively recruit. You yeah. have to go tr- – you, you don't, we don't have a lot of talent in Oregon. There's actually a decent amount of talent in Washington, obviously California. Mm-hmm. There's a lot. But what, what Oregon sells and why they're one of the best recruiting programs in the country is they sell now in the future. Mm-hmm. They don't talk about what Chip Kelly did. I know Mario Cristobal well. They don't talk about that. They don't talk about Joey Harrington. They, you know, they, they, they don't talk about Danny O'Neill in the 95 Rose Bowl. Right? They don't talk about Norm they, Van Brocklin? No, Dan Fouts they do talk about. No, no, but but my point is like they they don't they worry about right. now and moving right. forward. I I know you know USC as well as I do. They talk about yeah. the past yes. too much. Yeah, they talk about the past too much. Michigan, Texas. Now I think Sark at Texas is changing the vibe a little bit. I'm excited to see what he does this year. But these these program Nebraska. Whoa, oh oh, forty years ago we we you know Tommy Osborne. We were dude. We, no, we, that that's forty years ago. No one cares anymore. Like move on. You have to talk about the here and now. What can you do for a recruit? Now, what can you do for players on your team to make them better, get them to the NFL, get them paid, and get them the heck out of there? And it's players do not care. Players care about tradition when they're at your school, right? They care. Like when, when I'm in Oregon, I care about beating Washington and beating Oregon State. You know, if you're in Nebraska, you care about who's their, Colorado's not even their rival. They're not on the same conference anymore. Who's their rival in, 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 in the Big 12? I mean, Big Ten. No, whatever. It doesn't matter. When you're there, there's you no rivals anymore. Rival. I've always asked, uh, you know, Rich Armberger, Penn State, who is, who is Penn State's well, who rival was, they, in the Big Ten? I don't think they ever really had a rival, though. Like, Oregon it, and Washington, are, we hate each other. But my point is that when you're recruiting someone, yeah. they don't care about that in the moment. They right. care about that when, when they. So you have to stop talking about mm. the past. And I think Nebraska, to me, Feels like a program still talking about the past. Well, they are in the past, and if they uh, don't win this game against Illinois, it could be the signal of another long season for the Cornhuskers. It could also be a very challenging year. In fact, could be is not the right phrase. Will be a very challenging year for the Big 12 Conference in college football. So if you haven't been following the news ever since the announced defection of Texas and Oklahoma to the SEC, and by the way, I I heard from the athletic director at Texas Tech, he's still hanging on hope that Texas and Oklahoma will pledge and continue to uh, hold their pledge (laughs) that they'll stay with the conference through the 24-25 season, which is not going to happen. Anyway, so the Big 12 uh, announced today that they will not seek any immediate expansion of the conference. And that is a telltale sign because here's what's happening right now. So we talked about this a couple of weeks ago, and then it, it really happened where AC, because we thought maybe the ACC would hook up with the SEC. They're not. SEC stands alone. We don't need anybody. If anything, we'll take Clemson from you, ACC. So watch yourselves. So you got the ACC, you got the Big Ten, and you got the Pac 12 sort of joining forces to figure out how are we going to take on this monolith, the SEC? Notice I don't mention the Big 12. So what Texas and Oklahoma are holding out hope is, is that somehow the Big 12 just dissolves. And now that the Big 12 conference says, no, we're not going to actively seek expansion. And when we see expansion, uh, seek expansion, where are they looking? Well, they're looking at the group of five, AAC, Mountain West. I don't know. You go with San Diego State, Boise, Houston, Cincinnati. I don't know. You're trying to get back up to 12 schools would be their hope. But everything seems to be on hold right now. The Pac-12 also said, yeah, we don't have any immediate plans plans for expansion so it's a bit of a game of chicken right now going on jeff with all these conferences sort of staring at each other saying 
Who's going to make the next move? Because once one move happens, now the dominoes will start falling. So how is this going to play out with the Pac-12, the Big Ten, the ACC talking about some sort of alliance against the SEC and obviously the future of the Big 12? How is this going to play out? Um, So it's going to play out in, in small pieces. Here's what we've gathered so far. It's an alliance with nothing on paper yeah. and just a, a gentleman's agreement, right. basically. And, and this is a reaction to it's, it's a, to do something, just anything about what's happening with college football right now and college sports, which most college football, right? right? It's to say, hey, look, we acknowledge as much as they won't want to admit it. We acknowledge that the SEC, Oklahoma, they, that they've done this, right? We acknowledge it's been done and we're going to talk about how to not undo it, but how to how to counter how to counter this. Couple things that, that I took away from this. One is that to your point, anyone can leave at any point. Like there's really no lines. But most importantly, they want to slow down, they, the three conferences, want to slow down playoff expansion. And the reason they want to do that is not because the Pac-12 doesn't need the playoff expanded. We definitely need the playoffs expanded. We are for it. Our commissioner said he's for the expansion. It's that they want it to be bid out to different to different entities. Right now, ESPN owns the semifinal and the final, right? Just three games as of now. But they also own like all the bowl games except two of them. So if the playoff were to expand, they would get those. They'd still keep the semifinals championship, and they would probably at some point get more games. I think this working group of Pac-12, Big Ten, and, and, and ACC, they want to bid this out to the highest bidder like the NFL does for the playoffs, right? The NFL has four networks to cover the playoffs, and – I think that they would like that to be the case because that actually adds more value, obviously, to to what the all these conferences do. That's that's what I think this is about more than anything else. Um, out West is also about scheduling. George Klofkoff, our commissioner, has mentioned they want to go from from nine conference games down to eight. But I think this is just like a hey, we notice what you're doing. And the SEC, by the way, Steve is laughing at us, like laughing. Uh, exactly. the, they're laughing at this whole thing. They think it's a joke, and they should. They should, they should laugh. We have no no leverage. We Pac-12, whatever. So. It, that's what, to me, this is about. It's like, hey, we acknowledge what's happening. We're trying to find something to counter it. We don't really know what we're doing yet, but here's what we're thinking. And we're not thinking anything because we're not actually doing anything. Well, and, and here's the thing. With the SEC continuing expansion, you bring in a Texas and Oklahoma, what do they bring with them? More TV revenue. So the more money is being funneled into the SEC because, uh, again, what is to prevent them? From taking Clemson, what is the taking Ohio State, taking USC? There's nothing to stop the SEC right now if they have the most money. Money drives everything. This is why Nebraska left the Big Eight to go to the Big Ten. It was not a great move for them from a football standpoint, but for financially, it made huge sense at the time, and that's why they made the move. And this is where we're at. So, like you said. Somehow, some way, the ACC, the Big Ten, and the Pac-12 have got to slow down this juggernaut that is the SEC. Because, again, Clemson could say, hey, look at what they're offering us. Are you crazy? We're gone. Bye-bye, ACC. We're going to the SEC. Uh, and other schools may follow suit. So I don't know how they're going to counter this. Uh, by the way, Illinois has just scored. Uh, the Illini putting a hurt right now on Nebraska now up 22-9, pinging the extra point. But I, I just don't know how you're going to slow this down because the more this SEC expands, Jeff, the more money is going to be funneled into that conference. Uh, yes, and, and this is, again, all about money. 
All about money. It's always about money. All right, on the other side, I want to talk a bit about the NFL season starting next week. Oh, whoa, whoa. It's not starting next week. Why is there a bye week between the end of the preseason and the start of the regular season? We'll try to figure this out on the other side, but first... Let's find out what's trending right now. Okay, Fig. All right, Steve. A couple of college football games in progress. As you mentioned, they're early in the third quarter. About midway through the third quarter on Fox. Illinois just taking a 23-9 lead over Nebraska. Elsewhere, Fresno State has also scored on a fumble recovery. They lead UConn 20 to nothing in the second. In the NFL, they're in the fourth quarter in Buffalo with the Bills leading the Packers 19 to nothing. About nine minutes to go in the game. Josh Allen, two touchdown passes for Buffalo while playing the entire first half. Jake Fromm with a 13-yard touchdown scramble in relief for the Bills as well. Jordan Love, his day is done for the Packers. He got the start and played in four series. He was 12 of 18 passing for 149 yards and an interception. The Jaguars traded Gardner Minshew to Philadelphia for a conditional six-round pick. Charles Robinson of Yahoo Sports is reporting the Miami Dolphins has emerged as the front-runner in trade discussions for Deshaun Watson. Robinson reporting that Miami is seeking three first-round picks and two second-round picks. And in golf, third-round action at the PGA event in Maryland, Bryson DeChambeau, a four-stroke lead over John Rahm and Patrick Cantlay. And lest I bury the lead, moments from now at the Rose Bowl, Steve Hartman's Bruins mm. kicking off their season ah. against the Hawaii but, Warriors. Steve, there, there might be generously 5,000 fans in this game right now. That's very generous, Jeff, by the way. Like, yeah, I'm looking at that aerial <laughs> shot right there. Plenty of available seats. Maybe it's, uh, I don't know. Yeah. You know, let's just say they'll be moving people down to the lower bowl before probably even no, a couple of minutes before kickoff here. Not allowed. Yeah. You have to just stay. You, have to yeah. stay, you know stay what? Uh, you got to start winning games before you're going to get fans back at the Rose Bowl. So uh, uh, to sit out there baking in the sun on a hot day in Pasadena, not exactly. Uh, show me something. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to back up the UCLA faithful out there. Show me something. And I'll guess what? I'll. Drag my ass out to the Rose Bowl. All right, uh, good stuff, K-Fig. Great stuff there. By the way, uh, Jeff, I'm looking at next week. We're going to be moving our show um, an hour later and an extra hour on the other end. So when we are on the air next Saturday, uh, we're going to be well within uh, halfway through that Oregon game against Fresno State. Okay, that game will kick off two hours before we're on the air. Uh, We'll have the uh, Alabama-Miami game going on. Uh, How about Iowa-Indiana? That's a pretty interesting matchup in the Big Ten to open up there. Two top 20 teams. The the Oregon game is on Pac-12 Network, though. Uh, Well, I don't know. We'll find it. We'll we'll be watching it. I have the app. I'll put it this way. There are so (laughs) When you look how many games there are in college football, and that's, by the way, there's a loaded schedule on Thursday. There's about eight games on Friday, and then it, it literally looks like there's 100 games on Saturday. So we're going to have all this college football we're going to be talking about, just firing from a hundred different directions next Saturday. One thing we will not be doing is previewing the opening of the NFL season. So today or tomorrow is the final day of preseason games in the NFL. And then they have a week off. The first game, obviously, will be a week from Thursday when the Buccaneers, defending Super Bowl champs, take on the Cowboys. Why did the NFL do this? And how does this maybe adjust a few things for these teams having a bye week before the actual start of the regular season? Well, they they did this, um, you know, because they went to three you know, three three games, obviously, in the right. preseason, and so this gives teams an opportunity to uh, really rest their players, work on their roster, 
And I think just gets guys healthy and ready to go. And yes, it's a much longer break than usual. Normally, the last preseason game in, in years past had been the Thursday before Labor Day. Right. And then you have Labor Day weekend to set your roster, and the players would kind of escape for a little bit, come back on Sunday or, or Monday, and get ready to play. Most often, we come back Sunday, right. get ready to play. But most of these teams um, are going to have two full weeks off. Yeah. Uh, yes. And, and well, they're going to be in the facility. They're just going to be not playing, obviously. Um, so it, um, it, it's gonna it's gonna just give people a chance to rest honestly. I'm not sure it matter to the, the, to me the story coming out of preseason is that we have a great divide on on how many reps players get in the preseason. Yeah. We have Andy Reid, Bill Belichick, Mike Tomlin, Ron Rivera, Kyle Shanahan, all playing their starters a bunch. Right. Okay. Then we have, you know, Stefanski, McVay, uh, LaFleur, Joe Judge, and I think the Giants are starters are playing a Chargers aren't tonight. playing anybody. Staley's not playing anyone. It's it's this great divide between older, very successful coaches, mm-hmm. and then a bunch of younger coaches. And look, Stefanski had a good year last year. McVay's been in the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Lafleur's done a good job playing nobody. And it's just a it's a it's a fascinating dynamic. The Chiefs starters last night played uh, well. Mahomes they played two drives, had 150 yards and two touchdowns, and they they took them out. Like it was, and and the teams that look good, I think, give their team confidence heading into the regular season. And the other side is obviously is kind of the first game. It's like, all right, well, let's see what we have, which I think is is not. I would like to see the starters play a little bit in the preseason. I'm not saying they have to watch. Josh Allen played for the first time, I believe, tonight. He looked great. Like that, that to me is good, right? He looked good, threw a great touchdown pass. He probably feels great hanging the regular season. He got a little bit of work in. The offense feels good. Defense feels good. I, just this whole idea of not playing. Justin Herbert, why? What has he done in the NFL to not play in the preseason? Oh, I agree with you. In fact, Justin Herbert's a very interesting case right now. I was a fan of his coming out of Oregon. By the way, this is a new offense again. I mean, every year at Oregon, he seemed to have a new coaching staff, new offensive coordinator, had to adjust and did. Got better during his run at Oregon. Now the same situation that he has this year with the Chargers. And a year ago, with all the success this guy had, and it was a miracle when you think about the fact that they had no plans on playing him last year. Tarod stopped calling me Tyrod Taylor, was supposed to be the quarterback. Then he got his long punctured with a you know by the team doctor and they literally forced Herbert to run onto the field against the then uh, Super Bowl champion Chiefs and he had one of the great statistical years but here's what he did not have as a rookie he didn't have a road game yeah I mean th- th- there were no I, I fans he played Agreed. in empty stadiums yes. all throughout so it wasn't it really wasn't a true season for Justin Herbert I mean the fact was he didn't have to face 75,000 screaming fans at Arrowhead or you know up in Denver he, he had none of that he yeah, played in agreed. empty stadiums which almost gives it a practice like feel in these games now how is he going to respond and the fact that he's been held out the entire preseason and you look at i mean first of all their first two home games home games at sofi are going to be against the cowboys and yeah, the raiders and those two teams games. will literally pack that stadium with their fans so those will be like road games in fact anticipate most charger games in la will be much like they were at the soccer stadium road games because of the overwhelming tickets being sought by uh, the fans of the opposing team. So, yeah, I I, I think Herbert's great rookie season, um, I think he's in for a test year two that he didn't uh, face as a rookie. I, I think he is, too, and he's got a new coaching staff as well. Yep. Speaking of, speaking of the, the, the team doctor, whenever you think of to say about the Chargers team doctor puncturing Tyrod Taylor's logo, obviously yeah. feel bad for Tyrod, who's going to start for the Texans this year. Yeah. But I feel, like, I feel like the Bears need that guy to come to their facility. Just, <laughs> I'm just saying that. Back to Herbert. Um, 
Yeah, yes. Look, I, I think you have a new offense. And you have a new head coach, a very young coach. He's only been a coordinator one season. Yep. Uh, and it was a great job last year in, in, uh, in Los Angeles for the Rams. I just think, like, you have some you know, new left tackle, some, some new parts. Like, just play a little bit. Play a little bit. Because they're, they're going to start week one. And it's going to be like, oh, I haven't done this in a game in a long time now. And we're going to have a, a half stadium full of, of Cowboy fans. It just – I would be more comfortable – if the team I was rooting for played their guys a little bit in the preseason. So uh, I want to get to this now because we're going to run into a little bit. I want to carry this to the top here. Uh, Big stories around the NFL. It's always about quarterbacks, obviously, especially rookie quarterbacks. So we know this. Trevor Lawrence will start day one. Gardner Minshew, by the way, traded today. Uh, by the Jacksonville Jaguars. So any thought there was any quarterback controversy that was uh, you know being created by Urban Meyer? And boy, is the jury out on Urban Meyer. But we'll see how that works out in Jacksonville. Anyway, Trevor Lawrence, we know, is going to be a Game 1 starter, and so will Zach Wilson with the Jets. But the other three, the other three rookies, whether it's Justin Fields, whether it's Mac Jones, or whether it's Trey Lance, they're sort of quarterbacks in waiting. The big question is, how long will it take before they assume control of that offense? I want want to go one at a time here, and let's start with the Chicago situation with Andy Dalton and Justin Fields. Uh, Quickly, my observation on Fields is, I think he's getting a little overhyped based on what I've seen in the preseason. I like him a lot. There's a lot of things to like about him. But it's not like he's exactly, you know, buzzing passes all over the place, picking defenses apart. I mean, they were showing his highlights from his first game where he ran in for a touchdown and then threw it to a receiver that was 30 yards open who backpedaled into the end zone. Um, and then you had Andy Dalton, of course, go on the record saying, well, it's my time. You know, they seem to have a really good dynamic together. There seems to be a, a bond between Andy Dalton and, and Justin Fields. But uh, Mike Nagy, who is a very unpredictable coach, yeah. uh, where is he going with this? Well, he's going to start Dalton, but that's a mistake. And, and this is I'm going to make a very strong case. I feel like you should to play to play Justin Fields. Um, and he might not he might not totally be ready yet. Uh, but here's here's why you play Fields. Dalton does nothing for the Bears. All right, the best they get from Dalton is this season they go nine and eight, ten and seven, and are a wild card team again. He's on a one year deal. How does that prepare you for next season? People will turn toward the the, the Chiefs and say, "Oh, Alex Smith, Pam Holmes." Alex Smith had won the division two years in a row. He he had his best season of his career in 2017, and they were they were again in the playoffs, and they were a two seed that year. They had a bye in the first week of the season, in in, in uh, the, the first week in the playoffs. There's not the same situation. Fields gives them the opportunity to build to the future, and if you're Matt Nagy, you have to tie Justin Fields' performance to your coaching. Okay, so you need to show that. He progresses throughout the season. So the first quarter of the year, the first four games, he plays this way. The next quarter, he plays better. Third quarter, he's having he's up and down week to week. But you have to show improvement each each single week or each kind of quarter, each four weeks, to to for the Bears organization to feel like you're the guy to coach up fields. If you put him in in week seven, eight, nine, ten, when things are going sideways. He's in a terrible situation. The team is is tanking, not I mean not not physically tanking, but but you know, but like uh, uh, not mentally tanking, like actually just not very good, right? And it, it 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 you put him in a situation that's not advantageous for him. Put him in now, 
let him go through his bumps and bruises. Let him learn. Let him grow with this team and get excited for next season. Because, again, Dalton does nothing for the Bears this year. Yeah, it really is interesting. Now, there seems to be conflicting reports here, Jeff, about the contract situation with Mike Nagy. I was talking to— Matt uh, Nagy. What did I say again? uh, Mike. I said Mike. I always go Mike Nagy instead of Matt Nagy. Mike Nagy was a pitcher for the Red Sox. I had his baseball card in 1969. Matt Nagy. so when I think about Nagy and his contract situation, I know he has a deal through 22, but there are reports that somehow he also has an agreement through 23. And why does this matter? Well, it matters in the sense that he has some level of job security. Now, obviously, if they go, you know, four and 13 this year, nothing's going to save him. Uh, but- I mean, the, the contract extension stuff to me, I don't know. I mean, they 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 can. They, they don't have to keep him. They just fire him and pay him out. I'm not really worried about that. All right, so in other words, my, my question, I guess, then is how imperative is it for him to show? Because obviously if Justin Fields is your future, which he is, how important is it for Nagy to show that he is the right coach to develop Fields into the quarterback you hope he's going to be down the road? And Because um, if he sits him, then you, you certainly don't know whether or not – I mean, it's one thing to coach a guy like Andy Dalton. We know what you're going to get with Andy Dalton. The question is, what are you going to get with Fields, and is Nagy the right guy to bring him along? Well, so to, you, you, have to, you have to show that by playing him, right, and by showing that you are the guy to do that. And if you put him in the middle of the season when things are going haywire, then he's put in a bad spot to start that process, right? One thing I've I, I've heard Steve when I make this argument is oh oh they they play the Rams week one okay yeah they have Aaron Donald but guess what they play the Browns week three they have Javon Clowney I mean not not Clowney although they do have Clowney even though he talks he talks mess right. with offensive linemen they have Miles Garrett and then they play the Bucks later in the season and and Washington football team everyone's good play him or don't play him like but that's not the reason why because because the Rams defensive line is so good. If he's ready, he's ready. If he's not, he's not. Don't, don't use that as a reason why. So I am, um, I uh, I'm looking forward to to watching him play eventually. But he's not going to start the season. All right. On the other side, we'll talk about the Trey Lance situation with Jimmy Garoppolo. Then you have New England, Cam Newton versus Mac Jones. How will that play out? We're going to tell you coming up next. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. 
Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Steve Irvin and Jeff Schwartz. Well, things have gone from bad to worse for Scott Frost and Nebraska. They are now down 30-9 to to Illinois. Four minutes to go in the third quarter. Wow. Yeah, 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 yeah. Remember all the hype? I mean, they got Scott Frost is going to save our program after what he did at Central Florida. Not happening. They're going in the wrong direction. All right, quickly here, Jeff. I want to get to these two teams that have quarterbacks and waiting. Let's start with the 49ers right now, Jimmy Garoppolo and Trey Lance. Now, as of now, Kyle Shanahan has not made an announcement on who his starting quarterback is going to be. Uh, I would imagine it's well, he says he has a good idea is how Shanahan's being quoted right now. But when you talk about Trey Lance, who played one season of FCF football, uh, really played, I believe, one game last year. Um, would this be premature to throw Trey Lance out there if you're the 49ers? Um, so this is different than the Bears situation. Every situation is, is unique to itself. So you you've you've traded a lot of assets to get Trey Lance, right? We know that. Yes. And the and Kyle Shanahan's and John Lynch, their job security is totally fine. But the difference between Dalton and and Jimmy Garoppolo is Jimmy Garoppolo has proven that he can take a team to Super Bowl. Now, the reason why they got Trey Lance is because he missed a couple of throws in the Super Bowl that they, they can't let down, right? The guys are wide open, he missed them. So when healthy Jimmy Garoppolo has won a lot of football games, and that's the caveat, right? When healthy, so I do think they start Jimmy Garoppolo. It's very clear to me that they're they're building packages to get Lance on the field to kind of get him some reps. I think they want to play him as a starter sooner than later, and to begin that process, you just get him on the field in the red zone, get him on the field for this and that, kind of slowly work him into the system. Because again, you traded too many draft picks and too much capital to let him sit all season. You, we've seen now whether it's whether it's uh, the Seahawks with with Wilson, the Eagles in, in a sense with Wentz, the Chiefs with Mahomes. You gotta win while the while the guys are on the rookie contracts because it's it, you build a better team around them when you're not paying them forty three million dollars. Okay, so you cannot waste an entire season, in my opinion, without Trey Lance playing. I agree. I mean, Jimmy Garoppolo, by the way, is a starting quarterback in the NFL, has a record of 24-8 and 
But the idea that he's going to survive a 17-game season, he did survive the entire season in 2019. He started every single game in their Super Bowl year. Uh, but last year, obviously, just six games, three games the year before in 2018. So, yeah, health will be a big dictating factor as far as the 49ers are concerned. All right, New England right now. Cam Newton has looked good in the preseason. I'll tell you who really throws the ball well is Mac Jones. I mean, I've been he has made some outstanding throws. So any doubts that this guy can, you know, be a quarterback in the NFL, forget that. He'll be a quarterback in the NFL. The question is, Jeff, when? How long will it take before Bill Belichick turns the page on Cam Newton and hands the ball to Mac Jones? I think that takes some time. Um, I here, And here's the reason why. I know we have like well, a minute left. Um, so when, when you have a shortened training camp like this, you don't really have time to, to install a a Cam Newton centric offense where you have those special plays for Cam, right? The read options, the power runs with the quarterback, the the trick plays off of that, the reverses, the screens, the you know the the passes, all that stuff, and then also have time to kind of work on a Mac Jones type offense, right? You've either or. Now with with Cam Newton missing four or five days recently, there are or it like three days. It, it did let Mac Jones work on the offense. You know, so I think Bill is going with the older guy. They're going to hunker down an offense. Big tight ends, run the football, play action pass, and ride it with Cam until the wheels fall off. All right, so you you sort of hinted into something I definitely want to get into the next hour. Also, I have a lot of college football coverage for you. UCLA, by the way, early 3 nothing lead against Hawaii. And that's the COVID situation. And by the way, it's having a major effect on a number of NFL teams right now. They'll have a bye week to get everybody healthy. But how about from that point on? We'll have it all covered coming up next. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. Hey, it's me, Rob Parker. Check out my weekly MLB podcast, Inside the Parker, for 22 minutes of piping hot baseball talk featuring the biggest names and newsmakers in the sport. Whether you believe in analytics or the eye test, We've got all the bases covered. New episodes drop every Thursday. So do yourself a favor and listen to Inside the Parker with Rob Parker on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcast. Here is Martinez, who's been sacked four times. Pulls it down, runs. Oh, he's, he's free. 35-40. I think, unfortunately, he might be gone. 30-20-10. Touchdown, Nebraska. All right, there you go. That's Greg Sharp, Learfield Sports, Nebraska, trying to get back in this game. Still down 30-16 to 16 to Illinois, a little more than a minute to go in the third quarter in that game. Uh, an imperative, I believe, for Scott Frost to show something early in the season. So that was uh, Brian Barnhart, apparently. Why is that important? Yes. No, that was the Illinois announcer. All right. So we're off and running is what you're saying right now. We're off and running. This is this is our first highlight of the college football season, Iowa Sam, and you completely Sorry about that. Oh, that's it's a little okay. behind the scenes, a little, little <laughs> chaos. You know, it gets crazy here on Saturday. Well, it's there's old, but, well the hold chaos. on. Hold on a second. Let, let, let's talk about this. Set. So right now we have really two games of note going on. Yes. Two. We have Illinois, Nebraska, and we have the UCLA game against Hawaii. Next Saturday, we're going to have like 50 games going on yes. at the exact same time. So if, if it's early, Sam, with two games, <sighs> yeah. 
What's it going to be like next Saturday oh, with 50 games going on? Same old, yeah. Steve, we have a we yeah. have a mojo. We have a, a routine. <laughs> we will break back into it. We're just sort of getting our, our sea legs back under us. So, All right, very, uh, apologies very good. on that. That was Brian Barnhart of uh, Learfield. All right, well, uh, very good for him and a good call there. Again, Nebraska trailing 30-16 at Illinois a minute ago in the third quarter. UCLA playing in front of like six people at the Rose Bowl uh, leading Hawaii 3-0. Um uh, Steve, your yeah. uh, your quarterback in his eighth year uh, at quarterback yes. is not very good right now. No, it's, DTR doesn't look very good. It's very frustrating. Good. I don't think he makes it to the season. I think they put the Phillips kid in. Well, the later. irony is is that he's been at UCLA as long as Adrian Martinez has been at Nebraska. Uh, and both of these guys are seniors, apparently, finally seniors, uh, four-year guys that you know these programs are counting on for two coaches, Chip Kelly and Scott Frost, that are hoping to have something big happen. UCLA just ran for a touchdown up uh, against the middle of a uh, defenseless Hawaii team, uh, so they extend their lead. But you're right. I mean, when we talk about it, and I'm glad you went there, because it's interesting when you think about college football, so much is dictated by, well, any levels, dictated by quarterbacks. But when you have an experienced quarterback, there's always that next-level hype going into the season. And yet the three monster schools, Alabama, Clemson, Ohio State, all of them lost their quarterbacks, and yet it doesn't seem to affect them at all, at least according to preseason prognosticators who still have Alabama and Clemson and Ohio State all ranked in the top five teams going in the country. So why is it that those schools can seemingly move from one quarterback to the next quarterback seamlessly while most schools really are dependent on a quarterback developing, you know, freshman, sophomore, junior, and then hope that he's going to have that big senior year? What's the difference? Well, you just mentioned four four schools, I believe. Um, well, I, I'll put Oklahoma in this, but the three schools: you, you, Clemson, right? Number number one pick, number tenth mm-hmm. pick, I believe, was Watson somewhere around there, right? Twelfth mm-hmm. pick. Uh, so two two top fifteen picks: Alabama, Tua, Mac Jones, mm-hmm. uh, uh, Ohio State, uh, Ohio State, Fields, first round, Haskins, Haskins, like you. You these players, and by the way, they're leaving the Pac-12 footprint. These are all quarterbacks from Southern California mm-hmm. in Arizona that are starting at at Georgia, at Oklahoma, at Clemson, Alabama, and Ohio State. Right? Is that unbelievable? And I, look, if you want to go a step further, Iowa State, who people expect to be very good this year, quarterback from Arizona. Um, so they want to go to a place where they can be drafted and drafted high, and they know that if they sit for a year or two, that doesn't matter. You have one or two good seasons at the school you're at. Mac Jones, one exact season of being a starter, mm-hmm. 15th pick overall, that that will get you into the NFL. And that's why you're willing to do that. If, if, if other schools were able to put guys in the NFL as quickly – then they will start getting players like that. It's no coincidence that Oregon put Justin Herbert in the first round and got their highest quarterback recruit they've ever gotten afterwards. Right? Th- that that matters, right? USC, by the way, th- they get top quarterback recruits. This kid Jackson Dart, right? They just had a couple guys you know, the, over the last couple of years. Slovis will be in the first round. Sam Darnold was in the first round. Like That matters. And so when we see other these places haven't developed quarterbacks, it's just because – Major quarterbacks don't want to go there because those schools don't end up putting guys in the NFL at the same rate these other schools do. Yeah, it's interesting that 
football is in some ways evolving much as the basketball game happened, college basketball, where you see this all the time in college basketball where a guy goes to a school for one year and he may not even have a great season, but if he had a lot of hype out of high school, he's still going to be a lottery pick in the NBA. Meanwhile, you got guys that maybe play two or three years at the collegiate level. They may even be all Americans and they get completely ignored in the NBA draft. And I almost feel like we're looking at the same situation here in college football. Not that there are one and dones in college football, but there are guys that have such limited experience. Haskins was a one-year starter at Ohio State. You mentioned Mac Jones, all of these one-year starters starters at these elite programs and boom first round no problem because of where they come from um yeah that, that's that's it's exactly right um and so your, your Bruins while I just picked the ball a defense alignment picked the ball off and you was inside the 10 again mm-hmm. and uh they look like they are about to go up 17 nothing which uh they look, are 17 and a half point favorites Right, but not in the first quarter. Wow. Something nothing in the first quarter. Did you bet on this game? Um, no, but I'm actually trying to do it right now. My, thing, <laughs> my, so my, so the way the way I looked at this game I love was you, this. Man. Yes. I, I literally logged on right now. Yeah. The way I looked at this game was, um, I was unsure about Doran Thompson Robbins. I actually been proven yeah. right. He's looked very bad. Yeah. Um, but. UCLA is far and away the better team. Like, there's no question about it. Mm-hmm. I just don't want to kind of see them do it, and they've done it. So I, I, I it's, it's. I mean, they're going to blow out Hawaii. Their defense, by the way, has lo- has looked much improved. So um, it's it's fun to see UCLA third and goal. Well, right let now, me give you right now, right now, Hawaii. You ready for this? Hawaii has negative three total yards in this oh, yeah. game. That's their total yards right now. No first downs. And they have total yards of negative three with inside uh, seven minutes to go here in the first quarter. There you go. Yeah, they, they keep trying to throw um, these little like bubble screen things, and UCLA is very prepared for them. So uh, it's now fourth down and one. Mm-hmm. Hawaii's calling a timeout. All and, right, so uh, you're, you're God, scrambling this, right the, now. The blood is like running through my. <laughs> I love this. Like we have football back. It's like the yes. greatest thing ever. And it's very look. We didn't. We did a lot of shows last year after college football was over. This, yes, we started afterwards. Like I have a bad habit of just blurting out things I see on television. Whoa, 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 as whoa, whoa. As, yeah. as, All right. As, as, so <laughs> now think about this. So starting next week, next Saturday, we're going to be on uh, oh, yeah. one to four. On on the West Coast, four to seven on the East Coast. And think about that. I mean, I've done in the past where I did the morning games, like 10 to one on the West Coast, one to four on the East Coast. But we have all the morning games done when we get on. Then obviously we have a full slate of games that are going on while we're on the air. And we're in a position to talk about the games coming up later on in the evening. Now, how are we possibly going to do all that, Jeff? How is that possible? And by the way, we also have to look ahead in two weeks to, I don't know, NFL preview as well. Now, how exactly are we going to get this all done? How's that possible? We're professional talkers. (laughs) I think think we'll be able to. uh, We we can talk fast and we can cover a lot of ground in a short amount of time. By the way, so as you know, Jeff, and I've advertised this, UCLA has just scored again up uh, 15-0 right now, pending the extra point. So. I have a vote for the Heisman Trophy. I don't know if you know this, Jeff. Oh, that's right. You do. Everyone knows because I talk about it all the time. So once we get into uh, a week or so of games where everyone's played at least a game, each week I'm going to give you my updated one, two, three in the Heisman Trophy. I like to do this, Jeff, week to week. Um, I want to make sure everyone's got a game because what happened last year has no bearing on this year's Heisman race. It's a new year. Everyone gets a game in, and I'm like, all right, here's where I stand, one, two, three, 
in the Heisman Chase. I'm looking forward to that. I've been doing that for a long time. Um, yeah, and uh, do you uh, after after uh, one quarter of action, it looks like Zach Charbonnet might be your leader uh, in the Heisman. In the Heisman. <laughs> oh, I've had this. You should see some of the Week One guys I've had over the years. Uh, um, Taysom Hill. You remember him at BYU? Who's that? Is he the? It was the Saints' backup quarterback. Yes, that that guy, yeah, the Saints' that backup, guy, Saints backup quarterback. Oh, I'm glad you brought that up because on the other side, I was meaning to uh, segue to that the New Orleans Saints quarterback situation, and are we about to unveil one of the great stories in the NFL in 2021? We'll talk about Jameis Winston coming up next. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing! I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. DTR hands it off. Charbonnet up the middle. Charbonnet to the house! Touchdown UCLA! Welcome home, bud! He went away to Michigan, but the L.A. native has come back, and he's found the end zone in Pasadena from 21 yards out. Josh Lewin there, my buddy. Voice of the Bruins and Learfield Sports. Zach Charbonnet, the transfer from Michigan, Running in the touchdown for UCLA. They have a 17-0 lead right now. Three minutes to go in the first half. And uh, Hawaii finally moving the ball a little bit in this game. 
but uh, struggling to get uh, any real offense going against. A UCLA defense, by the way, that has eight, eight uh, seniors on their defense, so they should be pretty good. They they listed uh, their starting eleven as all seniors. By the way, I don't did know they if, really? Yeah. Wow! I mean, their secondary is all. I know for a fact the secondary, all five of the secondary players are all back from last year. They all played last year. They all started. Uh, UCLA led the conference last year in sacks. Like they're getting after Hawaii's quarterback so far today. Um, so good signs for the for the Bruin uh, excuse me Bruin defense. Yeah, right now uh, eleven yards of total offense for Hawaii in this game. So struggling to move the ball against his UCLA team. I think one of the big stories in the NFL this year is going to be Jameis Winston and the New Orleans Saints. So here was a guy that two years ago threw for over fifty one hundred yards, led the NFL, was second in the NFL with thirty three touchdown passes, and he got released. Why? Because he threw 30 interceptions. First 30-30 guy in the history of the NFL. Reclamation Project sat on the sidelines last year with the Saints, and now he will be their game one starter. He has looked good in this preseason. The thing about Jameis Winston that's always impressed me since I first saw him at Florida State is that he can make every throw. I mean, he, he has it all when it comes to throwing the football. He has the arm strength. He has touch. He can do so many things throwing the football. But, you know, it reminds me of a young Carson Palmer when he was at USC, another guy that had the ability to make every throw. But he just seemed to make a lot of bad decisions early on. And then somewhere along the line, it's finally clicked with that guy. How much of an impact is Sean Payton going to have on Jameis Winston? And can he filter out the bad from all the good that is in that right arm of Jameis Winston? Yeah, that's a good question. So Jameis obviously had the 30-30 year, right? 30 interceptions and 30 touchdowns. Yeah. Um, it was over 30 touchdowns. I think yes. more, more than 30. Threw exactly 30 interceptions. Threw a pick six to end the season in overtime. Which is, perfect. Which is perfect. Yeah. Perfect for him. So in, in I would say that his career average before that was about 14 to 15 interceptions a year, which is not not good, but not bad. I mean, right. it's, not that, it's not that bad. Interceptions cannot be, don't always have to be the worst thing ever, but he fumbles a lot too. So you get him back in that range, 14, 15 interceptions. He'll throw 35 touchdowns in this offense. What you have is a Saints offense line is one of the best in the NFL. Some might call it the best, them and the Browns, right? So you have a much better offense line. He never played with an offense line like this in Tampa. Obviously, wide, wide receivers, not as good as Tampa. Thomas is hurt right now. But you have a coach in, in, in Sean Payne that, that emphasizes using the backs, screens, ball out quick, and kind of scheme up for, for success. He got LASIK, so he can see better now, which is just wild to me that a professional quarterback just didn't have LASIK beforehand. They couldn't see, like playing without seeing. Um, so I think he will be much improved this year. But I do not think it's enough to win the division. Uh, but I'm, I am very curious to see if he can become a, a, a reclamation project, sort of like we saw with Ryan Tannehill going from Miami to Tennessee. Um, is it kind of the latest example of that? I'm curious, Steve, to see. Do you think he can do it? I do. I, I think that I think they're getting a, a gold mine in Winston. I really do. He's 27 years old, and he has had success in the NFL. And as you mentioned, it was an aberration, the 30 interceptions, because of the offense that Bruce Arians ran for him. It, it was one of those basically throw it up for grabs offenses. I mean, that's how they operated Tampa that year. They just throw the ball down the field, and they're going to make some big plays, and they're going to make some mistakes. Yeah. I mean, because I, I was doing you know, our Sunday show, and it seemed like obviously Tampa being an East Coast team, uh, we always had their early game, right? 
And it, it was inc- unreal how on their first drive he would seemingly throw an interception, but almost every time on their next drive he'd throw a touchdown pass. Like it always seemed like, all right, he throws yeah. a pick six or he throws an interception, but he would immediately follow it up with a touchdown pass. So I think it was really the design of that offense where the numbers were all over the map. Again, 5,100 yards passing led the NFL, 33 touchdowns. That was tie or second in the league, the 30 interceptions. But now coming into New Orleans, and think about this if you're Sean Payton. Drew Brees, first ballot Hall of Famer, the most accurate quarterback in history. But a lot of that accuracy late in his career was his inability to throw the ball down the field. And so they were throwing shorter passes, completable passes, which played into Drew Brees' skill set at the time. But now with Winston, they don't have to do that. They can get the ball down the field. They can stretch this field. And I would imagine Sean Payton is bleary-eyed thinking of all the possibilities that are open to him now as long as Winston doesn't implode where he can expand this offense beyond what he could do with Drew Brees. Uh, Yeah, I, I, I mean, they definitely will be able to throw the ball deeper but I, I don't know if that is what they want to always be. Oh, boy. Bruins up 24. Yes. Is this Ooh. good for you? Are you betting the house? Uh, oh, to the I, house I, right I there. Did. That was I did. Charbonnet, yes. the uh, transfer no, from that Michigan. That, was a, that wasn't Charbonnet. That was uh, Brown. Oh, it is. They, oh, no, no, well, no, oh, no. Charbonnet, you're right. Yeah, Charbonnet. He looks good so far. Ooh, he's crushing it. So here's the thing about, about the offense in New Orleans. Yes, they can push the ball downfield. But to who? Like, yeah. like, well, that, that is a question. Like, that's that's sort of the problem, right? So yes, they can with Winston, but I would I would limit the offensive opportunities for that to happen because I don't want Jameis to make those mistakes downfield. I want a precision passing game where you you limit the amount of times he has to really feel the need to make those deep plays down the field because that's when he gets in trouble. Yeah, I mean, well, again, but I think that at least early on, I mean, if he can show that he can stay away from the bad interceptions, uh, they're going to be able to do a lot with that offense. No question about that. So Winston, I mean, you know, we're always looking like, who's that next breakout star? Like last year was Josh Allen, who, you know, just, I mean, there was no way to predict that his numbers would go up the way they did. But I'm also thinking about this. You know, I, we're obviously talking a lot of football today. But I wanted to equate how 2020, in so many respects in baseball, was not exactly a precursor of things to come. I talk about the San Diego Padres, who suddenly became this hot topic in the offseason because, wow, look at the breakout season they had in 2020. Yeah, but that was in a 60-game season. Now over 162, they don't look like the same team. Same thing with the NFL. Even though they played a full schedule of games, Fans weren't there. It wasn't the same atmosphere for teams a year ago. So for a guy like Josh Allen, who suddenly had this breakout season, or Justin Herbert, who had this incredible rookie season, they are going to be playing in a much different NFL in 2021. Yeah, and and that's you know that's that's a good you know part of it as well. It, it is a different league now. Um, and you know, you, you can't hit the quarterback, obviously, we know that, but the rules are even more restrictive now. And you know, getting after wide receivers, you know, quite not, not quite the same as it was. Um, but I don't know, you, you mentioned Josh Allen. I, I don't know if Winston will have that type of season. I mean, that was like a historic jump, yeah, from being mediocre to being really good. 
I, I think that it's, and I've talked about this with Carson Wentz and Sam Darnold. Like, if you can just go from being bad, and again, I don't think Jameis was that bad in Tampa, but like bad to average or bad to slightly above average, that's a big jump in one year. And then next year, the Saints feel more comfortable giving Jameis a longer deal and building around him for the next five to seven years. That's, I, look, I know Champagne wants to win this year and they have the talent to, to get close in the NFC, I think, but not, not finish enough. But I have to imagine they're hoping it goes really well because they don't have to draft a quarterback, right? They find their guy for the future. You live with some turnovers. Got to stop fumbling. That's a big problem. Has to stop fumbling. And then you can build around him moving forward. Again, you don't have to go draft someone with with you don't have draft picks. You trade them away. You don't have enough enough pieces to build. So just he can be your guy. All right, UCLA leading now 24-3 over Hawaii. It's still Illinois leading Nebraska 30-16. Nine minutes to go in the fourth quarter in that game. What do you make of this story here out of Tampa? Tampa, the Buccaneers are, are one of those teams bragging about how many of their players have been vaccinated. And yet right now they just had their fourth player placed on the reserve COVID-19 list. The latest is in Dominican Sioux. Uh, is now on the list. Uh, Ryan Suckup, their kicker's there. Nick Leverett's there. Earl Watford. We are getting teams, even though the overall percentage of those vaccinated in the NFL is skyrocketing. I think it was, what, 92 93%. We have a lot of players who apparently have been vaccinated who are either exposed to COVID or are COVID positive themselves. How much of a worry is this for the NFL? Because everyone thought, well, if you just get everyone vaccinated, you should be okay. They're still doing all the testing, and they're getting positive results all over the place. Yeah, I mean, there seems to be maybe a correlation with the Titans and, and Bucks having practice together, and the Titans have nine people uh, in, in kind of uh, a quarantine status, and, and, now, and now Tampa does well. I mean, look, look, the vaccine and being vaccinated does not take away 100% of COVID. That was never going to be the case. But if everyone is vaccinated, your protocols are different, and you get players back on the field sooner, and not everyone else has to quarantine as well, right? So I think we'll be fine this year. There's going to be issues, of course, because there's always issues um, if you're playing during a pandemic. They'll be less than last year, especially as more players get vaccinated. And we're seeing the rates continue to go up in the NFL. I mean, 93% of players are vaccinated. Even, even look, the NFL is being very heavy-handed. They find a couple players on yep. Buffalo, and guess what? Isaiah McKenzie went and got vaccinated yesterday. Um, and if, if they get up to that, you know, that, that full vaccination then you really will never have to worry about missing a game this year. Yeah, but again, here's the, here's the problem with the vaccines. They said initially, what, they're going to be, depending on Moderna, whatever you're taking, uh, 94 95% effective. But they're now saying that after six months, it may only be 50% effective. Why you have to get another shot. This yeah, is what, I mean, so the effectiveness of the vaccine doesn't carry over forever. So if you get everybody vaccinated, you think, all right, we're safe. We got everyone vaccinated, but their vaccinations are no longer as effective. They were six months after the fact or even a couple of months after the fact. Everyone's got to get vaccinated yeah. again. I, I'm just I mean, I, I think it's it's great. And obviously we're going to see fans in the stadium. I was at a uh, Dodger Padre game down at Petco, not a mask in sight. Everyone having a great time. Forty five thousand packed in there at Petco. Uh, but at the same time, uh, this idea that they still don't know the long-term effectiveness of these vaccines could create a situation. All right, we'll get into that on the other side, including more NFL talk, more of what's going on in college football today, week zero of the college football season. But first, zero. let's find out what's trending right now as we turn back to 
Mr. Kevin Figures. All right, Steve, speaking of college football, Nebraska trying to chip away at the Illinois lead. It's 30-16, to Illini, with about eight and a half minutes to go in the fourth quarter. You can see that game on Fox. Elsewhere, as you guys mentioned earlier, Zach Charbonnet, the Michigan transfer, just scoring his second touchdown of the game for UCLA. They have a 24-3 lead over Hawaii as they head to the second quarter. Fresno State dominating UConn 31-0 in the third. In the NFL, the Jaguars trading Gardner Minshew to Philadelphia for a conditional sixth-round pick. Six preseason games on the slate today, including Baltimore, who will face Washington in about 90 minutes or so. Earlier, Josh Allen threw two touchdown passes for Buffalo in a 19-0 win over Green Bay. In baseball on FS1, Kyle Schwarber, a home run for the Red Sox. They have a 2-1 lead over Cleveland in the second. Sox chasing the Yankees for the top wildcard spot in the AL. They are three games back. New York is in Oakland facing the A's. That one is scoreless in the first. NASCAR's Cup Series race from Daytona gets underway at 7 Eastern. And golf third-round action at the PGA event in Maryland. Bryson DeChambeau, a two-stroke lead over Patrick Cantlay through 12. Back to Steve and Jeff. All right. Very, very good. Thank you very much, K-Fig. All right. Just checking some of the numbers on this UCLA game. So, Zach Charbonneau. Charbonnet uh, is our leader for the Heisman right now. He's averaging over 20 yards a carry. I would imagine any running back who averages 20 yards a carry yeah. uh, has got to be in the Heisman conversation. Fresno State's quarterback, Jake Hayner, 331 yards and three touchdowns. Wow. Okay, he's in the mix. He's yeah. in the mix right now. Uh, Dorian Thompson Robinson, the UCLA quarterback, not in the mix. Two for seven, 29 yards. Wow. Wow, about, wow, wow. What about the Bruin D. Lyman who picked the ball off and ran about 17 yards? I feel like he's third on your ballot. Now. I would let, look at I, I though only there's only been twice, and I've been voting since 2010. So the year Cam Newton won the Heisman was the first year I voted for the Heisman. Only twice have I voted for someone on my final ballot who did not win the Heisman trophy. One of them was Christian McCaffrey. I picked him over Derrick Henry. Uh, that year when he set the national record for all-purpose yards. It was close, but I, I lean it with McCaffrey, who finished second that year to uh, Derrick Henry. The other year was a guy who also was runner-up. I voted Manti Teo over Johnny Manziel. Ooh. And the reason I did that was, is that, remember, this vote was done when Notre Dame was number one undefeated. They were the talk of the college football. I know Johnny Manziel had had the big game against Alabama that elevated him to that level. But to me, a, a linebacker who had never had an interception had seven interceptions that year. The year that Man Titeo and all that stuff about the mythical girlfriend and, of course, getting blown out by Alabama. And the, none of that had happened. So when I cast my ballot... Um, to me, Manti Teo and Notre Dame were that was it. I hate yeah. Notre Dame. You know, I'm not a Notre Dame guy, as you know. Um, but I would love to have a non-quarterback in the conversation. I would love to see yeah. and, and we had it last year with Devontae Smith winning the Heisman for trophy and he deserved it and I gave him my vote. Uh, I love that though, when we can get beyond the quarterback position and somebody else can emerge as a Heisman candidate. Would you have voted for Manti Teo after the uh, was it Lenny Kakua, the the fake girlfriend? Would you have no. voted for him after that? I really? I mean, probably. I mean, the, the whole story. I mean, he was catfished. I mean, what what are you going to do? I mean, it, it seemed. And remember, he was then drafted by the Chargers. So I, I, you know, and when I had a face to face, on the number of face to faces, Manti Teo. First of all, he appreciated that I voted for him for the Heisman. I told him that, but I mean, it, it, he wouldn't not talk about it. It just. It was an embarrassing situation, and unfortunately, he he never could live it down. Would have helped if he had had a good NFL yeah. career, but never really has panned out too much in the NFL. But I don't know. How did you feel about that? Was um, that a big deal to you? 
the fake girlfriend? Yeah. I mean, not for the way he played on the field. I think it was kind of just, you know, it, yeah. we were in that era of catfishing, right? Kind of in a newer era of social right. media. And so, yeah, it was, um, it was, uh, it, it was whatever. I just laughed about it. That's <laughs> well, what it was. Like, it just was something to, to laugh about. That's, that's. No, but he had an unbelievable season. And, I and mean, it was an he, unbelievable he was, year. He has not been as bad of a pro as people want him he's to be. He's serviceable. I mean, he, he's serviceable. Yeah. yeah. I mean, he's had a pro career. I mean, that's, you know, most guys are that. There are guys that have a pro career out there. Um, all right, so let's uh, – let's I want to get a little bit into college football right now because we are going to be going full-blown college football uh, coming up next week as we're going to have a full slate of games. When, when the season begins like this, Jeff, going back to your days at Oregon and the fact that you don't have any preseason and, and really you only have – you have spring ball, then yeah. you return in the fall, and what, you got about a month – to pretty about, much put yeah. it together. And and so oftentimes, now UCLA, we were talking earlier, they have all these returning starters. But normally, you have all this turnover in college football. And maybe you have an idea after spring ball where guys come. But guys do emerge. What is the normal lead-up from a player's standpoint as you get ready for the start of the season? Especially if you start with a big game. I mean, there's no preseason, so they all count from day one. What is the preparation? What was it like for you? Getting ready for the start of the college football season. I, uh, I mean, there's there's excitement, right? Because you know you go through all through camp, you, you hit and you get after it, and you want to hit someone else finally, right? And so sure. you're excited for the opportunity, and um, you just want to you just want to get on the field. It takes you know get that first kind of hit out of the way, and for the most part. You know, we weren't playing a big dog in week one, right? right? So, you know, you were able to play Hawaii. And we played, I think in my four years in college, we played Indiana, who we lost to at home, by the way, the most embarrassing game of all time. <laughs> we tripled them. We tripled their total yardage, but had seven turnovers and lost. Um, seven turnovers? Yeah, it was my first college football game ever. I thought, I thought, I was like, oh my God, this is like, what did I do to myself? It's, again, it's only Oregon's second non-conference home loss in like 30 years. Mm-hmm. Um and then we played. We actually opened up with with in Houston in 05. We played, I believe, Stanford at home in 06. It's weird to play conference game first and then 07. And we played Houston at home. Um, so you, you're just excited to get on the field finally and, and get going. Um, and you know, when you're an older player, there's a sense of of obviously comfort in knowing what's about to happen. Now you don't know physically the matchup you're about to have is what's going to happen, but mentally you know how things are going to go, right? You know the process of game day and the warm-ups and getting after. And then once you get in the flow of things, like UCLA right now and the flow of things, you're, you're loving life, right? There's just this overwhelming happiness to be back on the field. It's so great in college football. Let me ask you this, because we're talking about UCLA and Chip Kelly trying to uh, essentially save his job this season. His first year at Oregon as the offensive coordinator was your senior year. Um, what was that like? I mean, when I mean they they called him part of that uh, New Hampshire mafia. You know, the Ryan days. Everyone seemed to have those uh, ties to the New Hampshire. Dan Mullen. Uh, that's what they called it back in the day. Um, so, what was it like when uh, when he showed up at Oregon, and how dramatic was the difference when he did show up? Zach Charbonnet to the house, thirty-one-three UCLA Bruins. Um, so uh, it was interesting. I have, a, I have a good chip story. So I was uh, I was hurt in uh, the off season before he got there. So in 2007, I was rehabbing a back injury. We were in the process of hiring Chip Kelly. And I remember we were at a Friday morning workout in February and I wasn't doing the work because I just had surgery. And Chip was there to interview or was in town for something. And I was standing next to him um, and talking to him about his offense. He just was taught, we were just standing at practice, whatever. I remember thinking to myself, 
there's no way this works. There's no way. Like I, I just talk. Like, I'm like, what's this guy talking about? So we hire Chip, and we go through spring. I didn't do spring ball because I was hurt. And we get to training camp. And I remember the first couple of days being like, oh my god, this is really like this works. This is like it, it's fat. the the feeling of confidence I had in this offense was almost something I did not feel in the NFL until I got to like Andy Reid's offense, right? Where you feel in such control of what's about to happen and you have total faith in the play call that's happening, which I didn't always have playing in my NFL career. And I knew that chip would put us in the right spot every single time. And because of the tempo we played at, we tired out teams. We played USC that year and USC's defense had everyone got drafted, but they were exhausted, right? We were better conditioned. We we're in better shape. We out scheme teams. We got after and we're seeing now and chip has always wanted to run the football, always want to run the football. We're seeing now today, obviously they have almost two yards rushing so far. That's what Chip wants to be. So his offensive lineman, I loved it, right? He put us in a great position for success. He schemed up ways to get us into great spots. And I love playing for him. I saw him at Pacto Media Day. Like I just like Chip Kelly. I'm, I'm wishing the best for him. I think we've seen this year so far, at least run game-wise, he's changed what his style is. I think for a little bit of time, he was too much of scheme over players. Mm-hmm. Um. And now I think he understands like, hey, we, you know, yes, my scheme is important, um, but we have to mix it up and, and get some better players. And you see like Zach Charbonnet transferring in. I mean, he's got Greg Dolce's tight end. He's got some playmakers now and he's changed things up what he did, what, what, what he's done. And we're seeing the results now. Now, next weekend, obviously, they have LSU. So we'll mm-hmm. see in a better test. What was uh, it like that year when he went into the big house and just blew the doors oh. off Michigan? <laughs> I mean, I can't even Im- What was it? I mean, uh, Oregon yeah. won this game. It was the second game you had that year. You beat Michigan 39-7. to uh, That, of course, was the year Michigan had gotten upset by Appalachian State in their opening game. They were looking to make amends against you guys. And you literally blew the doors off of them. Man, oh, man. That, that must have been unbelievable. So we... We um, we were up thirty two seven at halftime. We kind of shut it down. I remember we yeah. didn't even play the, the fourth quarter. So they had just lost to App State. Yeah, and I remember watching on film and thinking to myself that like there's no way they're this slow on defense because if you watch the App State game, App State just ran by them. It was uh, right. uh, Armani Edwards, right, as the quarterback, and they just ran by them like taking slants to the house. I thought to myself, there's no way they're this slow. And and and, and narrator, yes, they're that slow. They they were that slow, mm-hmm. and we just. We smoked him in the first half. I mean, we we Dennis hit multiple deep shots for touchdowns mm-hmm. uh, up front. We ran the Statue of Liberty and the fake Statue of Liberty, <laughs> um, and uh, you know the fans were were booing and they were. You guys had six hundred and twenty four total yeah. yards and three thirty one on the ground. And, and again, we didn't play the fourth quarter. The Stars wow. didn't play the fourth quarter. We wow. did, we we were out. Uh, we were out then because <laughs> isn't that one um, of the great flights home? <laughs> it's the best. And you know, it was. I remember too. The weather that day was perfect. It was a little bit, it was a little bit overcast, right? It was but September. still kind of, but still kind of hot and humid. Sure. So you, your body felt good, mm. but the sun wasn't beating down yeah. on you the whole time. Mm. And and the funny part about that Michigan team, Steve, they ended up going. Ten and three and beat. Well, Tim that Tebow was the, uh, remember that was uh, Lloyd Carr's uh, last year. Lloyd Carr's last year, yeah. and remember their final game was the bowl game, and they beat they beat Tebow Tebow's Heisman year. They beat Florida in the bowl game. That was the end yeah. of the Lloyd Carr era, but they just never forgave him for the App State loss. 
And then they, of course, made, went the Rich Rod route, and that was a disaster. And then Brady Hoke came in, and, uh, well, Michigan's been looking for it ever since. Yeah. And um, it, it uh, and so it was oh, so much. That year was so much fun, man. Mm. We were in such control of everything. And that's, mm. I think, what when you talk to players that either offense or defensively and they're having a really good season or, or they've had a good couple of years, and you feel very in control of what's happening. Until You're, you lost Dixon. Well, yes, that was I, – I, so we played – you'll like this. It's, we're doing story time today. So uh, we played UCLA. It was my only time. So I grew up – again, I went to every Bruin game as a kid. I, I know the right. fight song still. Like, I'm a big Bruin fan. Yeah. And so we, uh, we were kind of spurned by UCLA. It is what it is. And 2007 was the first year and only year I was playing in the Rose Bowl. Back then we had uh, – you know, we had eight conference games and we were kind of rotating. Right. We were trying to redo the schedule. So we only played UCLA in the Rose Bowl in 2007. And um, that was the the second game after Dennis got hurt. So Dennis got hurt against Arizona, mm-hmm. and then we went to UCLA. So we went to UCLA starting Brady Leaf, who's Ryan Leaf's brother. Yeah. The third string quarterback was actually the heir apparent to Dennis, and we were redshirting him. We were trying to redshirt the third string quarterback because mm. he was more of a mobile guy that fit our offense. He had tore his ACL two weeks before in practice, so he was he wasn't available. <laughs> so we go into this game with with Brady Leaf, a pocket passer in a in a in a, in a read option offense. He breaks his foot in first quarter, <laughs> early second quarter. So we now have we now played our third string running back because our second string was hurt. Our third string at quarterback do some wildcat stuff, and then also we had a walk a, a true freshman <laughs> walk on quarterback. Playing his first freaking game ever as our quarterback. Mm. Dude, we did not get inside the 35 <laughs> yard line. We lost, we had 16 nothing. It was 9 nothing for most Whoa. of the game. Mm. And mm. I cried so hard in the locker room after the game. I was the most upset I've ever been. Because again, this was, not, it was out of, we couldn't, nobody in college football is winning a game where you're fourth string walk-on true right, freshman we're, quarterback. We're going to have to walk playing. away from this. We're just going to have to walk and away from this. It was very upsetting. Um, <laughs> I didn't mean bad. to go there. I didn't mean to bad. go there. No, I it's okay. I can find telling the story. You guys I had might, to run at a national right championship until Nixon got there. I, I might be t- Dixon we were got gonna, hurt. We, yeah. we, we, we were going to win that year. All right. Um, on the other side, we'll uh, take you through the rest of what we expect this day. Final day of the NFL preseason coming up next. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with a king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If if you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. 
Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. This is fourth and goal. This is the game. Martinez rolling to his left. Throwing in zone. Blown coverage and a touchdown. How is that the game when they were losing by two touchdowns? That's an interesting call. Greg Sharp, Learfield Sports, making it sound like Nebraska was knocking on the door of a victory. They're not. 42 seconds to go in this game. Still trailing the fighting Illini of Illinois 30-22. to uh, Adrian Martinez statistically has had a good game. 232 yards passing, no interceptions. He's run for 111 yards and a touchdown. By the way, uh, Iowa Sam wanted to mention uh, the guy that scored that touchdown for Nebraska, who apparently has played for every school in the Big Ten. <laughs> yes, so his name's Oliver Martin. He's from my hometown of Iowa City. He went to my high school, mm. and he first went to Michigan. Right. Then he transferred to Iowa, and then mm. he transferred to Nebraska. So he's done the Big Ten uh, well, I don't know why he left Iowa. The guy, uh, Oliver Martin, you say, uh, he's got That's six correct. catches, 103 yards, and a touchdown. Not bad. Interesting. He has found his home finally. I don't think that hop – does that happen often, Jeff, where a guy can play for three schools in the same conference? I mean, now with the transfer rules, I mean, now it's allowed, right? Right. Now that you uh, you have basically one year where you don't have to sit out a season, uh, where you can just make a, a, a clean transfer even within your conference – uh, that will change the transfer. I want to thank uh, Iowa Sam. To, how about Kevin Figures? K-Fig, doing a great job for us today. Always great to see K-Fig. Always a pleasure, guys. And uh, Mr. Lita Lap, as uh, usual, uh, he's all psyched. He thinks uh, the Packers are going to go 17-0 and this season. That's his prediction. Awful uh, week three preseason against the Bills, but that's okay. Yeah, relax. Yeah, you're just going through. No one plays in the preseason. Doesn't matter. I mean, like what reps don't matter. Yeah. How did Jordan Love look today for the Packers? Uh, He looked. uh, He looked solid. Solid. Yeah. There you go. Mm -hmm. The Packers went 0 and 3 for the preseason. Went winless for the first time in like 30 years. I saw. Oh, by the way, speaking of preseason, so the Ravens are trying to win their 20th straight preseason game going against the Washington Football Team. That would break the unofficial record. They've been trying to research this. Uh, They found out that the Packers under Lombardi at one point won 19 consecutive preseason games. The Ravens haven't lost a preseason game since 2015. You talked about that uh, the last time we were on. Uh, So are you betting the house? I think they're a three-point favorite on the road against the Washington football team today. Are you going to play that game today? I am not. I didn't wager on any NFL today. No NFL. You're going to save it all up for college football? Yeah, I just, I mean, it's, it's, 
it's the last week of the preseason. Like, I'm just not doing it. I mean, like, I don't know. Because everyone, you know, it, it, you know it, if we knew kind of uniformly how everyone was playing this game, then I would feel more, I feel better doing it. But we just don't know who's playing who. Like, some teams are playing their starters, some are not. Um, and so to me, it just, it, I'm just out. All right, so how do you play this? I'm curious because, all right, so we got like 16 games on Thursday, college games, eight more on Friday, and then I can't even count how many games are on Saturday. So how do you navigate the college football season? I mean, how do you, from a gambling standpoint? I mean, there's just oh, I mean, you dozens just, you try, and dozens you try to of find, games. How do you, you figure it find, out? You, you try to find, um, you know, just kind of edges, you, you know, where you can. Obviously, I bet a lot more in the Pac-12 than any other conference. I think you just find the edges you can find. Mm-hmm. Um, don't bet every game. Um, I like betting unders when I see some line movement in that direction. And you just try to find, you know, the, the edges you can find. Uh, in, uh, you know, I like I like UCLA to cover against LSU. I like Oregon State to cover against Purdue. I mean, there's some – I feel like the Pac-12 lines typically are bad. We have an expanded show starting next week. Keep it on Fox Sports. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350 plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeartRadio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play.